Hardwiring Happiness by Rick Hansen. One sentence summary. Hardwiring Happiness tells you what you can do to overcome your negativity bias of focusing on and exaggerating negative events by relishing, extending and prioritizing the good things in your life to become happier. My favorite quote from the author is, By taking just a few extra seconds to stay with a positive experience, even the comfort in a single breath, you'll help turn a passing mental state into lasting neural structure. Rick Hansen Rick Hansen is impressive. I don't know why, but that word comes to mind. In spite of his very modest, calm and rather introverted nature. He's not a showman, but there's something profound about the things he talks about and how he talks about them, which I can't help but to admit has left a bigger impact on me than I thought it would. The second darts idea from one of his earlier books, Buddha's Brain, is one of the best practices to control your reactions to bad events I know of. That book was about accepting the things you can't change. This one, Hardwiring Happiness, is about how to proactively battle negativity and overcome your tendency to exaggerate the negative. It explains why we obsess about the bad stuff and what we can do to change that. Here are three lessons to help you kick your negativity bias to the curb. 1. The reason you react stronger to bad things is that you might have a sad amygdala. 2. Start a good year box to remind yourself of positive events all the time. 3. Create an infinite stream of positivity from your memories, small details, and being generous. Ready to hardwire happiness into your brain? Let's do it! Hardwiring happiness lesson 1. If you have a sad amygdala, you react stronger to negative events. This answers the question, why are some people more negative than others? And if I'm more negative, then why might that be the case? There is a scene in How I Met Your Mother when Ted sees his ratings as a professor on a website. The words fly across the screen, all compliments across the board. Knowledgeable, fun, cool guy. And then it hits. Boring. His world is shattered, the day ruined. For the remainder of the episode, he ends up chasing better reviews, trying way too hard until he eventually realizes it's stupid to obsess over one bad review in 50 great ones. I'm sure you know the feeling. Think of the moments in school you remember the most. Are they happy ones or the times when you got bullied, when you were hurt, when you got your first F? The tendency to disproportionately focus on the negative is built into us. It's a remnant from times when most negative things could kill you. Today, most quote-unquote threats won't, but your brain doesn't know that. However, there are still differences among us. The fear center of your brain, the amygdala, comes in two variants. Variant number one, a happy amygdala, will stimulate your nucleus accumbens, the goal-fulfilling part of your brain that sparks motivation, ambition, and optimism. And variant number two, a sad amygdala, will instead base your actions more on fear by releasing cortisol, adrenaline, and other stress-inducing hormones, making you feel rather anxious and worried. Most of us have a sad amygdala, but luckily it's not set in stone. Hardwiring Happiness Lesson 2 Keep reminding yourself of positive events with a good year box. This answers the question, what is a very practical way we can use to battle negativity and remind ourselves that life is good? Your brain never stops growing, which means it's never too late to change its structure. 
by exposing it to more positive experiences and making a conscious effort to do so on a regular basis, you can tone down your sad amygdala and even turn it into a happy one. A great way to start this practice is to simply remind yourself of the good things in your life more often. For example, by starting to use what Rick Hansen calls a good year box. Here's how it works. Keep a shoe box or other storage container in your bedroom. At the end of each day, before you go to bed, go through everything you've done and experienced again and pull out at least one positive thing that happened. Write it down on a piece of paper and put it in the box. This way, you'll acknowledge good things in your life as they happen while simultaneously training your brain to recognize those things more. Hardwiring Happiness Lesson 3 Create an infinite stream of positivity from your memories, small details and being generous. This answers the question, how can I assert a continuous stream of positive energy in my life? Honestly, the supply of happiness you can experience is endless. Just look at these three ways of eliciting positive experiences and I'm sure you'll agree with me. 1. Spend some time in a happy memory. 2. Notice a small positive detail right in front of you. And 3. Be generous in helping others. Even if you're just 15 years old, you already have a lifetime worth of happy memories. Rewiring your brain can be as simple as digging out one of them. A fun afternoon playing in the sand, a beautiful movie, a tasty pizza, a great date or awesome fireworks. And taking a few minutes to dwell in it in your mind. The laptop I'm typing these words on is nothing short of a miracle. It's the equivalent of an entire company 50 years ago. How can I not be grateful for it? The beautiful quality of images on the screen, the soft touch of the keys, the magnetic charger that safely unplugs even if I stumble over the cable. What breathtaking mini miracle can you be grateful for that's right in front of you this very second? Lastly, your brain's reward centers will fire more often if you are generous. Don't be cheap. Give awesome gifts, not just when they're required like on Christmas, but any time of the year. Donate every once in a while. Offer to help your neighbor in the garden. Being generous always leads to a shared moment of happiness. And there's no limit to how generous you can be. My personal takeaways from Hardwiring Happiness for 2017. This guy and book is seriously awesome. Um, I think impressive, the word, uh, the word is still very much um, appropriate. Because exactly like when I started, and I started with Buddha's Brain uh, by Rick Hansen. That's the book I learned something from first. My friend Pat quoted him or explained an idea, the second darts idea, which I'll explain in a minute, from that book. And I liked that idea, but the book in general, when I thought, ah, oh, Buddhism, uh, Eastern mindfulness stuff, blah, blah, blah. I rarely think of these in con in conjuncture with, in conjunction with science because I don't expect these authors to be right because I expect these kinds of books to be more spiritual but this one actually as you saw um, is very much scientific and I think that's what what got me a better impression of Rick Hansen um, than I would have had or sort of uh, combated my first impression of him which was kind of like eh, I might be a, a little bit yippy yappy kind of guy uh, which he totally isn't. So, 
let's go through these things once more and I'll give you some details. But first, his other idea about second darts. It's from Buddha's Brain. I have the summary as well on 4-Minute Books and the 4-Minute Folio. You can listen to it. And I do dedicate a whole lesson to that second darts idea. So, But the basic premise is that if you have a painful event in your life or you feel hurt, whatever it is, it might be physical pain, it might be mental pain from a breakup or something like that. If you have pain in your life of any kind um, from, a negative, from, a, from an outside event that you can't control, that's the first dart, right? That's like a dart being thrown at your arm. It sticks, it stings, it hurts, and there's pain associated with it, right? That's there. You can't change that, obviously. But his idea was that what we do then afterwards is much worse because we, in our own minds, we throw second darts at ourselves, right? So it's like you taking another dart and throwing it and sticking it again in your arm and it stings again and it hurts again and you take it and twist it and it hurts and hurts and hurts and the way you do that is by constantly thinking about it right so if your girlfriend if your boyfriend breaks up with you and you you that's a bad thing that's horrible right nobody wants that to happen that sucks i'm with you on that one but then what you or you and i what we do as humans is we dwell on it we dwell on it we dwell on it we think about it for a long long time long after it's happened we put the blame on ourselves we say i should have done that or she or nobody will ever love me or blah 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 like we come up with all this bullshit and that's the that's the pain we can spare right because you could like hell elrod has a five minute rule it's from the miracle morning that says when something bad happens he gets five minutes to bitch and moan and complain and after that he's done he's like i'm i can't change this I'm done, five minutes, five minutes are up, okay, I can't change this, so I might as well move on, be happy, and do the best I can, and that's it, right, and you can, you can use the five minute rule even for a breakup, it's like, your partner gets his or her shit, goes out the door, leaves, closes the door, it sucks, you cry, you, you, you can yell, you can break some stuff, I don't know, take five minutes, and after those five minutes, you can put your foot down, you can say, that's it, here's the line, because I can't change anything from this right now, and I'm done with it. And then really be done with it, like, that's possible. It's might sound, It sounds absolutely insane to most people, and if you told that story to most people, they would call you insane, but it's actually pretty good. It's actually pretty helpful, right? Because whatever you did afterwards would be much more productive in maybe that you get him or her back even, or whatever it is, because... You're, you stop you stop beating yourself up over it and you just take action to what's necessary. Okay, long, longer, longer rant about second darts than I intended it to be. But anyways, so he, he, let me go through the lessons briefly again. Sad amygdala versus happy amygdala. Um, obviously, there's some hard wiring, uh, some, some propensity for each of us that we have towards happiness or sadness, optimism or pessimism. Uh, ambition or laziness right motivation or depression and so on um that's real right genetics is real you can't completely eliminate genetics but you shouldn't put all of it on this all humans all humans focus more on negative stuff we blow it out of proportion that's just what we do right i remember the i got a single f in school it was a physics test i remember that one i crumpled it up um and i put it in my bag and i took it like with with humor 
uh, and I showed it to my parents. I was like, this idiot's insane. Like, he gave me an F, blah, blah, blah. But I remember that one. And that's one of the most distinct memories I have. That's just how humans work, right? But the cool thing he does now, Rick Hansen, is helps with and suggests is that you do the same thing in the opposite direction and train your brain to spot this more. Uh, I love the Goodyear box. I don't have a box where I do it every single day. But obviously, because I'm, uh, I have a gratitude practice, which is the same thing. Every day I write down three things at least I'm grateful for. Sometimes it's more. And so over, I've done that for five years. So I'm, I've gotten pretty good at noticing good stuff when it happens or good stuff that's right in front of me. Like this beautiful microphone called Snowball Blue Mic whatever from Amazon, which I ordered for 50 bucks and I can record all these summaries on. That's amazing. Um, so I've gotten better at that, obviously. Um, but start with, uh, the box is really good. You can even make it a glass jar or something. Like write down a good thing that happened, put it in the jar, and by the end of the year, you will have 365 awesome things you can pull out at any time. What I do have is a memory box. I have one big carton of uh, of stuff where I keep like post postcards and photographs and stuff like that with all memorabilia. Um, that I keep and that's it like all my memories like are in that box even if I lost that box I would still have the memories but it's fun to sometimes like once or twice a year I sit down I go through it and I reminisce and that's really cool and obviously building on top of that is this sort of infinite stream of positivity uh, helping you like taking uh, good stuff from the past and from the present by doing these three things um You have a lot of happy memories. Again, even a 15-year-old has them. And if you ha if you notice a good thing happening in the moment, like I said, like I appreciate this microphone, if you stick or if you have like somebody gives you free ice cream, if you stay with that experience, if you take that ice cream in your hand and you look at it and you think like, wow, like I got free, I got free ice cream. Like that's amazing. Like today is an amazing day. Like this is an amazing moment. And you cherish that moment right then and there for a couple seconds more. It can literally be seconds. This memory will stay with you much stronger um, and much longer than it would have otherwise. Noticing small details. We talked about that. Spending time in happy memories. We talked about this. Be generous in helping others. Yes, I love that. People always post on their uh, Facebook. I had one this year that happened where a girl posted on Instagram like a Disney figure and said, it's cancer awareness month, blah, 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 something like that. And I was like, yeah, like everybody always posts the Disney picture, but where does, it, does everybody donate to, right? And I sort of called her out because I reposted that. I posted an image with a Disney figure um, and I right afterwards I posted the screenshot of my donation receipt where I donated something like 10 bucks it wasn't much but I was like put your money where your mouth is everybody if you're gonna post this shit then donate too uh, and that felt really good and also because this is a positive incident and I don't donate that often I'll admit that I will cherish and remember this memory for much longer, right? So the scarcity with which you create these memories is also a factor. So if you go out to party, for example, if you do that once a month instead of eight times a month, you will remember that one party a lot better and it's going to be a lot more fun and more positive memory in your mind. All right, lots and lots of stuff. I'm going to stop talking. I could keep rambling. You see, this is an awesome book. I like the summary. I like rereading it. Um, I enjoyed. I hope you did too. I hope you learned something about happiness and I will see you on the next summary.